It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until... 6 o'clock this evening, that number again, 356-9397. If you would like to join us, Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Bob Osmussen as well. Scott Ritchie, also in the house. Again, we welcome your phone calls if you want to join us on what's turned into uh, Matt Daniels. Kind of a busy Monday afternoon. Yeah, it has been. Uh, a lot of uh, scheduling news for the uh, Illinois men's basketball team has come out here in, in the last few hours, which I know Scott will dive into with a lot more authority on it than, than I will. And uh, Bob is beginning his countdown for the Braves' inevitable postseason <laughs> collapse starting tomorrow. Wow. Uh, Probably so, yeah. true, but wow. <laughs> Lot, uh, lot going on. I'm sure I missed a few of the headlines there in that quick little synopsis, which is also a jab at our, our coworker as well. But he takes it all in stride. We'll so. uh, get to all those things and recap the weekend uh, of football, both NFL and uh, college football. But Scott Ritchie, let's start with basketball scheduling. We we sensed uh, that the Emerald Classic in Florida was not going to be held, and officially it is not. It was officially canceled today. Yeah, which is. Kind of too bad because it was kind of set up to be a pretty good tournament. Mm-hmm. Illinois would have played Florida in the the opening game down in Niceville. Is that a semifinal game? I, sort of. I mean, first round game. Yeah, it I tournament of four. I don't know how you would class. I think it, yeah. it's, it's both. <laughs> yeah. First round and a semifinal. And then they they would have played either Oregon or Iowa State. And you know, Iowa State, of course, coming off a rather poor season, but generally good program um however that uh opening weekend of the season uh, we'll still have some illinois basketball in it apparently john rostein cbs sports uh, reported that illinois is going to host its own multi-team event or mte which uh, an acronym when did acronym that when that did that become part of the sports lingo mte uh, this year oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago probably <laughs> so um yeah, it's going to happen in, in Champaign, reportedly, um, November 25th through the 27th. Illinois will be hosting three other teams, and everyone will play three games. So you get to play everyone in a round-robin format. And uh, in that regard, Illinois can, if everything works out, which uh, it's 2020, so cross your fingers, Illinois could play the full complement of 27 games in the in the coming season with the a three team or a three game rather MTE to go with twenty Big Ten games and then just uh four more they'd have to schedule. So they're gonna have basketball on Thanksgiving and Champagne. Yeah. As of Monday, <laughs> October fifth at five fourteen PM Central Standard Time. That's the plan. Um I haven't really planned all that far in advance during just taking the it day by day. One really day at a time. You can't do it any other way. But yeah, that's 
So maybe, you know, something to look forward to. Be kind of uh, like the old Illini Classic in which Illinois never lost a game, but uh, you didn't Also never really scheduled right. a, a team that they were going to be threatened. You almost, almost lost. Almost. Almost lost a couple of those games. Yeah. But um, you you only played two games, and then you didn't play three like this would be. But uh, any idea, any speculation on the, the early, other three teams? The early be? front runner in the News Gazette Sports Department uh, pool for the unnamed multi-team event that apparently is coming to Champaign is uh, Western Illinois. Yeah. Um, interest, interesting program now. Um, Rob Jeter uh, is going to be in his first year as coach, and... You know, hired former Morgan Park head coach Nick Irvin as an assistant and then did very well uh, either recruiting Chicago kids or landing some transfers with, you know, to, you know from the city of Chicago. And I don't know, you maybe throw Nick Irvin a, a bone and his brother Mike, who's now the coach at Kenwood, and maybe he sends one of his very talented sophomores to Champaign in a few years, which uh, – Include he's got three guys with Illinois offers and uh, JJ Taylor, who's a top twenty prospect in the twenty twenty three class. Darren Ames and Davius Lurie. So uh, you know, just something to keep in mind. I'm just going more with the Western Illinois vibe since Brad Underwood's probably giving his old employer a, a you know a break here by scheduling the the Leathernecks to come since he was an assistant coach there for yep. twelve you know, seasons. There is that, but I mean. If you're going to schedule a game, like try and get something out of it. Good point. And it's an in-state opponent. You know, who knows what the restrictions will be like if there are any in terms of teams traveling and things like that. So you'd have to think it'd be a Midwest-based. You'd think so. There's you'd a couple ways to look so. at that. that. I mean, you could schedule games that you think you'll win. That's mm-hmm. the way the Illini Classic was. <laughs> um, or you could get a maybe, maybe a marquee team. From somewhere in the Midwest maybe and, and have bri- a really, uh, you know, a, a, a good game. Maybe because who knows what will happen. I, I mean, I'm under the assumption that this tournament that will take place here in, in Champaign will be without any fans. Right. I think that's kind of the, uh, you know, uh, what we have to operate under right now at least. And uh, maybe, who knows, with the bragging rights game in Jeopardy in St. Louis, maybe you ask Missouri to come up here to mm-hmm. Champaign awesome. and play on Thanksgiving. Then have some stuffing and mashed potatoes afterwards. I mean, that'd be one way to... Socially distanced, obviously. It'd be one way to you know get the bragging rights game in. Because in a season like this, I don't know that you can guarantee that. But uh, I don't know if that happened in Champaign. Would you have to play like next year in Columbia no. to even it out? Mm-mm. Would Missouri say you're going to play in Columbia no. next year to even it out? You just say it's a pandemic. That's the trump card. You can use that for a lot of things. <laughs> that's the reason we're doing this or that or whatever it's a pandemic it's, or just say it's 20 it's a 2020 thing exactly <laughs> i'm tired of 2020 things <laughs> so that's november 25th 26th 27th of course there's college football around that weekend as well ohio state comes to champagne that uh saturday november 28th right and l- while we're on the subject of uh, football illinois Bob opens at Wisconsin inside of three weeks now, and Wisconsin has a little issue at quarterback. They do. Jack Cohen went down with a an injured leg or foot. I'm not sure. Lower which. body, lower body injury. Just tell us what the deal is. Come on. LBI, lower body injury. Yeah. And it sounds like he'll miss that game at least. Sounds like it. So that's a big deal, and obviously he had to 
critical play last year against Illinois, obviously, interception to Tony Adams, basically turned into the winning touchdown or winning field goal. And I think that team is different, obviously. They're not going to be the same anyway because they've always lost their superstar running back, Jonathan Taylor, but they still have players. They certainly have a backup quarterback that's ready to go, so they'll be fine, but it won't be the same. And I don't think that we should just expect that. I'm trying to remember where I have them ranked. I've got them. Matt, do you have an idea? Matt, you know. No, it's not my poll, Bob. Well, I know, but you'll you look at it. They're it's, 16th in the AP poll. So I'm probably, I've got them in there somewhere. Yeah. But I think because of the losses they suffered on, especially offensive line, running back, receiver, they got some issues, and now the quarterback's out. So they're not going to be quite as good. It's. I'll say this over and over and over again. Illinois got eight games we know about. They can win all but one of those games. They can beat all but one of those teams. But they all also could lose all eight. So uh, certainly Wisconsin. Way to, way to speak out of both ends of your mouth there, Bob. <laughs> well, I'm saying. <laughs> way to go out on a limb, Bob. Well, I'm saying this year is so crazy. The fact that all normally Illinois coming off the win against Wisconsin, going mm-hmm. back to Madison, I would say Wisconsin with a crowd in there, that they would be favored by Thirty and they would win by thirty. Mm-hmm. Without that, and now with all these injuries and losses to graduation, I think they're that game is a probably a ten point favorite for Wisconsin going in. And I think Illinois, Illinois can beat Wisconsin there, and then they could come back, come back the next week at home and lose to Purdue. That's I think we're going to see games that we've never and we're already seeing that we're seeing Mississippi State beats LSU at LSU, awesome win, plays great, comes back the le- next week. Against a team that's not very good, though, Arkansas is pretty average, right? Well, they lost what, like twenty straight? They they were horrible coming into okay. that game on Saturday. So, twenty so straight conference good. games. Yeah, yeah they hadn't new, won new, an SEC game since like new, new coach, 2018 or twenty seventeen. <laughs> new coach got the got this thing turned clearly. They lose at home to them. Okay, that, that didn't make any sense to me. You're going to keep seeing that. They're going to keep seeing teams lose to games they shouldn't lose. Should Look not at lose. Oklahoma. Well, of course. Now I will. I watched the whole game. Start to finish, Iowa State. I played them. Iowa State won that game. They they were better than Oklahoma that day. That day, and I think Oklahoma has has, got, has some really weird issues they haven't had for a long time. Which is their quarterbacking is pretty average. Their offensive line is not great like it's been. So pretty, like, I'm pretty sure you're writing about Spencer Rattler as a Heisman Trophy. I was. So was I. So so were other people. But Spencer Rattler is looks. He looks rattled. He is definitely rattled. No. There's no question he's rattled. <laughs> and, uh, but more to the point, Iowa State, okay, here's, here's this team lost the opener of the season to Louisiana, which now I have great greater respect for them. So they, they've lost that game. They've come back and played really well against TCU, really well against Oklahoma. Now they're in my rankings again. So it's like it's a crazy year, obviously. Five Big Ten teams in the AP poll. Did you have all five of those years? I did, and I've got Iowa just outside. I've got, I've got really the next wave of teams is pretty easy because there's, there's going to be losses there. You lose a game now, you're in trouble. Oklahoma has lost twice. They're out, obviously. I think they fell out. They should have. They, they, they had to. And uh, Pitt, Pitt lost again a game they should have won. They lost. They're out. Um, trying to think. several teams like that. Central Florida's out, Mississippi State's right. out, Oklahoma, Pitt, and Memphis. I kept Mississippi State in. Memphis lost tough game against a good good team, so that that that's kind of a tough call. Did you vote for Kansas State? I did not. 
they're on my next. They're knocking on the door now. They're on my next five. Again, bad loss for them against Arkansas State. That really hurts them. So a team like that that you're not sure about anyway has to really be perfect, perfect or close to it. So we'll see. Well, everyone's, you know, bagging on Oklahoma, and I guess rightfully so, but this is their first two-game losing streak in 21 years. Yeah, it's crazy. And the amazing thing, and give ESPN a lot of credit for Saturday. They had a great story. I don't know if you guys saw this. Bill Roden, who was a longtime New York Times I think, reporter, he did a thing on Jack Trice. And it's amazing, the whole story. I knew most of it because I was there for a couple of years. But that is an amazing thing. They had not won against Oklahoma at home in 60 years. 60 years. And it's not like they play them every 10 right. years. They play every year for six years. They lost every time at home. Had some close games in there, but that's crazy. So give them credit for coming back from the loss earlier in the year. We're off and rolling on Monday Night Sports Talk. The phone number is 356-9397 if you'd like to join us. Major League Baseball playoffs underway, continuing this afternoon, and Houston has taken a 7-5 to lead over Oakland in the American League uh, American League Division Series. Coming up later tonight is the Yankees against Tampa Bay. The National League four teams play tomorrow. We'll take our first time out and be back with more. We've got Bears football to talk about, more college football, more basketball. Stay with us. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Welcome back. Monday Night Sports Talk. This is Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen. Scott Ritchie and an open phone line, 356-9397. Let's talk a little NFL football. The Bears and Colts yesterday, 19-11 win for the Colts. Scott Ritchie, whose defense I thought was pretty good. Which? The Colts or the Bears? The Colts. Well, they were. Well, I think more so the Bears... Are to say quote, something nice, Scott. Say something nice. To quote uh, Dennis Green, the Bears are who we thought they were. It's sort of quote. Um, and that's that good offensively. So are Bears fans... who the quarterback is. Are the Bears fans wanting uh, Trubisky back now? or what? Oh, what? gosh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, bring back Mike Tomczak. Tyler, I don't know. Just give Tyler Bray his shot. They, they pulled him up off the practice squad. Uh, it's, it's more meant... Naggy than maybe anything, like and the I fact remember, they can't run the ball too. That doesn't help. Mitch well, Trubisky I, might be their best running back. That's a sad commentary on the Chicago Bears. So, I mean, I was just thinking back to like they're three and one, Scott. Why are you? Because they all Debbie Downer. They on should be zero and four probably. It's just like I told Matt earlier today. It's it's probably not too late to tank for Trevor or maybe fail for Fields. <laughs> He's got, it, he's got little slogans going here. Yeah. I, I mean, those those probably aren't original, but I'm going to claim them anyway. It, quarterback is an issue. I mean, Nick Foles is – He was the obviously hero one, last week. Wow. He was going to be mayor of Chicago. They were already working on the statue outside Soldier Field, and then one bad game, and you just want to run him out of town, Scott? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, but, I mean, obviously he won a Super Bowl, but, like, when – Nick Foles has been like the starter, had that had that designation where an injury doesn't change things. I, I don't know that he's there's been good. A, there's a reason why he's on what his fifth NFL team, sixth NFL team. Why he, he why he's a journeyman quarterback? Because yes, he's, he he's not really a starting 
quarterback. In yeah, the not for the full season. Just yeah. put him in at the end of the season and ride him to Super it's, Bowl glory. That's what the Bears should have done. Just eke into the playoffs and then say, all right, Nick, it's your team. Yeah, I mean, play calling is uninspired and, and maybe just bad. And I, mean, I was thinking, you know, and Aggie's first year, he was inventive. I just think, you know, the first drive of that first game against the Packers where they just marched down the field in 2018 Scored at will, almost. And there were fans in the stands. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> yeah, I just like I just don't know what's happened. Like, had, has he forgotten who he was as a play caller? And as much as I don't think Mitch Trubisky is the answer, because he's not, because he's not that good, he's a guy that can run a little bit. And Matt Nagy turned him into a drop-back passer when he can't complete the you know half the passes he has to. Yeah, I mean the Bears. Uh, Bears quarterbacks have the lowest completion percentage in the the NFL uh, going into tonight's slate of games, and uh, it's really off-putting because their defense is a top ten defense in the league, and yet their their offense, which is what Matt Nagy is known for, and which is what he showed in flashes in 2018 when they won the NFC North, is really just kind of stagnant. And uh, yes, the Colts' defense is, came into the game with a, a good reputation, and and they played well, obviously. But I don't know if. Many people are going to be pegging the Colts as you know a Super Bowl contender when it's all said and done because they have their own they have their off, own offensive issues as well. Bears turn around and play Thursday against uh, Tampa Bay, while the Colts, also at three and one on the season, play at Cleveland. Cleveland is a little better than we thought they were too, perhaps. Yeah, they uh, took it to the Cowboys on on Sunday afternoon, and uh, you know the Browns at three and one now, which is. Uh, shocking boggles the mind <laughs> but uh yeah it's the nfl is kind of a crazy year too and we we talked earlier about just the uncertainty with uh college football these days and, and the nfl is kind of showing that as as well i mean tom brady comes into chicago on on thursday night for a game at soldier field and and he had to rally the buccaneers past the the chargers on on sunday through five touchdown passes so i guess he's still pretty good at age 43 to, to play nfl play quarterback in the nfl so we'll see what uh, what he does against the bears on thursday night we've got the phone lines open three five six nine three nine seven on monday night sports talk let's go to the phones hey you're on the air go ahead what's on your mind hello don't you think don't you think it would be helpful if the chicago bears had an offensive line that would block right that would be key. That would help. Because, I mean, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, and I saw Foles, and I thought he was going to do a good job for the Bears, but if you don't have a line in front of you, it's kind of hard to do anything. Well, it's just uh, compounds what are already serious issues with the Bears' offense. Um, so at, at this point, I mean, the talent level – Honestly, across the board, <clears throat> line, backfield, wide receivers. It's just it's not at the same level as maybe some of their counterparts, and I think Bears fans will just have to come to grips with that. I know I have. Even at 3-1, and one, <laughs> I, I feel uh, less than optimistic about this season. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan, like I said, but Bears are my second team, and I hope they do better than they are right now. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, they had issues, too, uh, you know, a lot of penalties on Sunday and, and special teams play yeah. was pretty pretty dismal as well. And, and when your offense is really struggling, you need those other facets of the game to to step up, and that wasn't the case uh, on Sunday for the Bears. But on the bright side, my Eagles are in first place in the Eastern Conference. It's a very, very mediocre division right now. <laughs> it's, a ter- it's a terrible division. There you go. 
Hey, we appreciate the call. You guys take it easy. Yeah, thanks Thank a lot you. for the call. 534-356-9397 is the number if you'd like to uh, jump in. Let's go uh, back to uh, college football and Illinois football, Bob, even though we haven't seen any practice. No, I'd like, I'd like to. I think we know where some of the position battles might be, but uh, as you look, let's start with the offense. What do you think the biggest question is? For the offense, you know who the quarterback's going to be. You know who the starting running back is likely to be. And the right. offensive line's pretty solid. And you've got some proven wide receivers. Sure. So, and tight end is yeah. really a strength. I think the most important spot maybe there is running back. Because you're right. You have you know Mike Epstein is probably the starter. He should be the starter. If he stays healthy, it could, that could be a really good thing for Illinois. But... The leading returning rusher is Brandon Peters. So that's a problem. So the fact that the quarterback doesn't like to run is your leading returning rusher is a real, real issue. Now, they may just decide this year, we get enough receivers and tight ends, and we don't really need to run as much as we did in the past. They may not abandon the run. Of course, you can't do that. But maybe just be more pass-heavy. I think that would be, would be something, frankly, would fit this team better. Because Brandon Peters is not strong, strong as a runner, but certainly can pass. So I think and he got got enough guys at receiver tight end that that might work. So I think Mike Epstein would get be a get a heavy dose of him and some of the other guys. I think Chase Brown has a chance to be a really good player. There are a lot there are a lot of guys running back, but nobody that's proven. There's nobody nearly as good as Dre Brown right now, or as proven. I'm not maybe not as good as proven as Dre Brown or Reggie Corbin or anybody like that. So. I think they may see more push toward the pass than than the run. That would make sense to me. What? Two things, real quick. Uh, you know, Brandon Peters, as Rod Smith would say, it's not an oak tree back there. He can uh, run kind it. Kind of an oak tree. Rod would disagree. Okay. Um, and two, I mean, they have some interesting tight ends, but Bob, you've covered Illinois football quite a bit. When have they ever really <laughs> used their tight ends? Well, I go back to Ken Dorger. That was like twenty five. Ken years Dorger ago, was in thirty years ago, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, because yeah, I mean, there's always like, oh, this tight end's going to This is the great. year they're going to throw to the well, tight end? And then they never do. I, I think Daniel Barker has shown he's, he's he's talented. Now, he doesn't do everything they want all the time, but I think he's talented. He obviously, he made great play against Michigan State, so that's a big deal for him. Uh, I just want to see Luke Ford in the, on the field. Some way, some way, sure, perform. Could he be the next Really good tight end there. Again, Steve would agree. Ken Dogger, who else do you think of a tight end? Tim Brewster. Tim Brewster. But that was kind of a that's kind of a Cap Boso. Those guys were more that's a that's an era where they passed basically all the time. Right. And those guys were they were glorified receivers. They were big receivers, basically, right? I missed Brewster by a couple of years, but I know he is much more of a pass catcher than blocker. He's a fine blocker, but more of a catcher. Right. And Ken Dorger was a better combination of those guys. Came here as quarterback and became tight end because they kind of needed the guy. They had some other good players. Josh Whitman, for instance, had a good career at the line. So, you know, again, kind of a combination guy. But they need to be able to go down the field with the tight ends. And I think they'll do that. I think they'll try to do it. Well, going back to the, the quarterback position, yes, you have a starter. You know who the starter is this year. It's Brandon right. Peters. It's Definitely. not like it's not like it was going into 2019 where we thought, oh, maybe it's Isaiah Williams. Maybe he takes the reins as a true freshman and they right. just throw it out there because there were so, so many questions about Brandon Peters because we didn't see him all that much at Michigan. Now we have almost a full season to base off of what he did. 
And you have to think back, too, that he did miss two games last year because of injury. Right. And Illinois lost both those games. And then the depth that Illinois had at quarterback last season was lacking. Right. When Matt Robinson came in and Isaiah Williams came in, the offense didn't really move the ball. And So which one of those guys is your backup quarterback? Exactly. I think that's almost – span. I think – I think that's almost as big a question as – Okay, who's going to be the the? They're going to have running backs. They're if the offensive line should be able to create holes for them to have a successful, more successful run game in twenty twenty than they did in twenty nineteen. Rod Smith showed that in twenty eighteen with Reggie Corbin. Right. But if Brandon Peters is not able to go for certain stretches of the season, is Matt Robinson capable of stepping up? Is Isaiah Williams? Is it Karan Taylor? I mean, in an eight game season, which will define who they play in the ninth game, you can't really afford any. Brandon Peters to miss much time because he was so crucial last season to Illinois' success. Which is why he won't run. He can't. You cannot afford to get him hurt, hurt running the ball. He cannot. I wouldn't run him. I wouldn't call a play for him on the run all year. The only time he runs for, in my mind is when he's scrambling. Otherwise, keep him back there. Scott says he's not an oak tree, but he should be an oak tree because he shouldn't move. Because he gets hurt. But I, th- I think I think Illinois. I don't. I don't, th- I don't think Illinois has enough talent though for Brandon Peters to not be somewhat of a factor in the run game. Because oh, you, as you saw though, when you look back to when Wes Lunt was quarterback, okay, teams could load up right. the box. They knew that he wasn't going to beat them. And even dating back some former quarterbacks like Chase Crouch and Aaron Bailey, when they'd come into the game, okay, teams knew they were going to run the ball. Everyone in the stadium knew they were going to run the ball, not throw the ball. So right. I think you have to have that option to keep defensive coordinators honest too. And the, you know, some intriguing options, some intriguing elements for this season are two things. It's only eight games in the regular season. Yes, there's going to be a ninth game at the end of the season. It's all Big Ten teams. You're not going to have right. those three non-conference games to really kind of not even pad your stats, but increase your confidence, get comfortable with your, your teammates, develop that rapport on the field. And also, too, the season's going to end three weeks later than what it should be. I mean, right. The weather is going to be a factor come Which the makes final running three. much more exactly. important. Right. That's a good point. Didn't think about that. And back to the running back position, Jake Epstein. Mike Epstein. Mike Epstein, I'm sorry. Um, has been hurt yeah. early in Big Ten play, mm-hmm. coincidentally, in, in each of the seasons. So you're not sure about his durability. And then beyond that, you've got Chase Brown, who's played a little, but not mm-hmm. much. And yeah. then you've got uh, Jakari Norwood, and uh, a freshman that, mm-hmm. that might just step in there and love. What do you think about the running back position, Scott? Well, I think there's some intriguing options there, but none of them are really proven. I mean, Mike Epstein has maybe the most experience, most stats, but he's been injured every single season he's played at Illinois um, and hasn't gotten through an entire season. So I don't think you can, even in a shortened season, count on him for a full load just because it, until he until he does it once, I don't think you can say he'll do it. You know, Chase Brown is interesting, but I mean, Rod Smith has maybe talked about Reggie Love mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as any running back, and I mean, it'd be it's it's a free season for everybody, so you could play a freshman as much as you want, and he still has four more years. So, well, I, I think of all the players that Illinois has <clears throat> on this 2020 roster, I think the one that wants to prove to people what he can do on the field off the field is Mike Epstein oh, without yeah. a question he's da- he's had to deal with the whole injury question dating back to his time in, in high school at St. Aquinas a powerhouse down in Florida 
I know he handles the questions with ease, but I'm sure it grates on him when he's asked about. He's him. tired of answering. Them. Exactly, and, and rightfully so. Uh, but w- there are legitimate questions that have to be asked of him until he can prove that he can go through a full season without being injured. And he has shown so many, so much skill at times when he is healthy he can break off those long runs he's faster than I think a lot of people think he he knows this offense probably better than anyone and and he's he's a guy too that I think can endear himself to Illinois fans because he's been here for so long he committed back in August 2015 when Tim Beckman was still the coach the the first seems like forever ago yeah exactly so he's he's dedicated so much of his life to Illinois and and I think the work he's put in this offseason or to make him be the prominent back in, in the Illinois backfield. I've got an inside source that told me Mike Epstein, health-wise, is as good right now as he's ever been. Ever, ever, ever. Obviously, he's coming off a tougher injury, like Matt pointed out, high school had one senior year, but he's, he's ready to roll. And he is also a guy that we didn't talk about this enough. He's versatile. He can block really well. He can catch passes out of the backfield, mm-hmm. and he can run. So he could he could be he could have a breakout awesome year yeah. this year potentially. Oh yeah, and I think I think I'm hoping for his sake the kid stays healthy because he deserves kind of break after all the stuff he's been through. Honestly, it is 5:43. Need to take a break on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk some more. Your phone calls are welcome as always. Three five six nine three nine seven. Back after this here on DWS. Monday Night Sports Talk rolls on. We're headed towards 6 o'clock. Coming up tonight at 7 is Fighting Illini Weekly with Brian Barnhart right here on this station and our sister station as well. Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Tonight's scheduled guests are Lovey Smith, Bob Ligaszewski, Jay Lehman, Illini Center Doug Kramer, and Illini Golf Coach Mike Small. That's coming up at 7 o'clock on Fighting Illini Weekly. Now let's talk about the Illinois defense a little bit. Uh, the mm-hmm. secondary brings a lot of experience back. There's some other questions to be answered, though, along <laughs> the uh, defensive line and, and maybe a little bit of linebacker as far as depth goes. Yeah, I mean, I think to me the biggest question mark as a whole regarding this Illinois football team in 2020 is is those four starters on, on the defensive line uh, having to replace a guy like Jamal Milan who really kind of emerged last season and, and really kind of became disruptive behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, Wooly Batiku last year uh, started off really, really strong and, and really kind of gave Illinois a distinct advantage around the edge. Uh, you just don't really know who those guys are going to be right now. And, and without seeing practices and training camp, again, that's kind of all wait and see until the first game against Wisconsin. And if the defensive line can't generate a push or, or get a pass rush going, then that leaves the rest of the back seven really vulnerable. And, yes, you have – guys like Nate Hobbs and Tony Adams and Sidney Brown, experienced guys who have seen pretty much everything a Big Ten offense can throw at them, but if a quarterback can sit back there for four or five seconds and scan downfield and look for a second and third options, then that really kind of leaves them <clears throat> them vulnerable at, at times. So guys like Rod Perry, you know, a South Carolina State transfer who I'm sure Illinois coaches didn't even really know that much about three months ago because he didn't transfer until July and uh, he seems to kind of be a guy that that Lovey Smith and his staff have really taken to and and maybe he comes out and and is a disruptive presence there along the interior of the line just guys off the edge too I mean Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay have 
shown flashes but not real consistency throughout so to me the defensive line is is a real question mark going in and especially going against just big 10 foes because we were talking off the air about wisconsin and yeah they may have lost some stars on the offensive line but they've been saying that for 25 30 years in madison and that hasn't really affected the program at all so it's, it's going to be a, a tough challenge right from the get-go for for the illinois defensive line well and the thing is it's not just four defensive linemen uh, you said you have to mm-hmm. have eight. Oh yeah and yeah. or more yeah yeah and th- that rotation is going to be built mostly with guys that haven't played much at all or any in the case of rod perry uh, in the big 10 although i think you know he has some central i mean when he was at south carolina state there was quite a bit written that he was one of maybe the top draft prospects in mm-hmm. fcs so he's a veteran guy that i think they are well i know they're going to count on i think they can maybe count on him but then you're looking at you know, redshirt fresh, a lot of redshirt freshmen, Seth Coleman, Keith Randolph, Moses Akpala, uh, and then Illinois, I think, has to hope that Calvin Avery mm-hmm. finally maybe lives up to his four-star billing that he came in with. I haven't researched this because I haven't look at, looked at everybody else's roster across the country, but you can make a case that uh, Illinois is, <laughs> is playing this transfer situation as well as anybody and guys that will play a key role for the Illini again this year. Yeah, I mean, that's been kind of Lovey Smith's calling card yeah. on, on the offseason news cycle. Uh, each and each and every year he's been in Champaign, is he's really hit the transfer portal real hard and he's almost used it as a, a way of kind of free agency dating back to his NFL days. And uh, yeah, the, the recruiting uh, in terms of high school and uh, junior college prospects, and they haven't hit the JUCO ranks as hard as, as previous staffs at Illinois, but that may be a little bit lacking, but where they've made up for it in, in some gains is, is the transfer market. I mean, they don't make a bowl game last year without several of the transfers that they had that, that played such a huge role. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's going to be, be interesting. And uh, that is built in to, to add some depth to this Illinois team. And uh, the, They've got some, I mean, the starter on defense this year is going to be Milo, Milo, Milo Eifler. I always mispronounce his name. Milo, Milo Eifler. Milo Eifler. There we go. <laughs> I, won't, I won't mess it up the rest of the season, I promise, until the next show. But, uh, yeah, he's a transfer from Washington that, uh, you know, showed some flashes last year and he's going to be a leader on, on this year's team. Bob, here's a question for you. Speaking of transfers, what is the current state of the transfer situation doing to guys that choose to go the junior college route oh i think it's changed it obviously because it's really hurting their chances not, the market is much more tight yeah. there's not as much i'm not going to go look at a junior college if i can go get a guy from that right. played you know notre dame or somewhere i'm definitely going to go get that guy i've seen him play at the high level uh, maybe he didn't get the right chance but yeah i think that's definitely a question i think some schools will continue to take advantage of it it's harder to Illinois because it's harder to get those people in the school and that's always been the case. So uh, I think Tim Beckman had some issues with that. GHC guys couldn't get in here. So that's been a problem. But these people are already, the, the transfers from another Division One school have already been accepted to that school. So it's a lot easier to get them in. So I think it's definitely dried up a little bit. Let's go back to basketball for a couple of minutes in case the folks um, weren't with us at the beginning of the show when we, when we told uh, everybody about uh, a basketball multi-team event, Scott Ritchie, with Illinois and three other teams that uh, reportedly will be played at the State Farm Center November 25, 26, and 27. That comes on the heels of the official cancellation of the Emerald Coast Classic down in Florida, so that'll be fun. Any recruiting news to get us up to date on? Yeah, a little bit. Um, In 
the class of 2021 where Illinois has uh, had a few misses here of late, including last week with Jordan Nesbitt, the four-star wing, picking Memphis instead of Illinois or SLU. Um, Illinois made another top six, I guess for what it's worth. Um, Sam Iomide, he's a center, um, plays high school basketball in Pennsylvania, kind of Philadelphia suburb, originally from Nigeria. Uh, 6'11", I've seen him listed at 7 feet, 255 pounds, so a, a bigger guy. Um, as Illinois in his top six, along with Memphis, who's seen as a favorite, Kansas, who's kind of the second favorite, um, Providence, Wake Forest. Seton Hall, maybe? Seton Hall. Yeah. That'd be the one. Thank you, yeah. Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, so Illinois in it until, I guess they're not, but... Their priority big man in that class is still Mac Etienne, who's not going to be committing anytime soon. So I guess they have time to still try and get him. But uh, top six, I guess. What's the latest, if there is a latest, on Bryce Hopkins? Well, I mean, he decided not to cut his list to five from nine because nine just had too many good schools, apparently. <laughs> uh, but he, can't, he can't go to two of them. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's going to be a, a fall signee. At least that's sort of the, the, the reported plan. Um, Illinois is still in it. Kentucky is still sort of seen as the front runner uh, after you know John Calipari missed out on a lot of his top options, kind of like Illinois. Um, so he pivoted to Hopkins and a, and a couple other recruits in that class. So it would be tough maybe to pull him away from Lexington, but again, still possible. And today, a couple new offers out in the class of 22 – um, brothers from originally from New York, playing at uh, a prep or a private school in Massachusetts because everybody transfers these days. Um, <laughs> just start them earlier. Yeah, uh, it's Kyle and Matt Filipowski. Um, so they're in the same class of. They're at least brothers. I mean, one. I don't think. I, everything I've read. Uh, Are they a package deal? Maybe not, because one of them. Uh, Kyle Filipowski is a four-star recruit, has over a dozen high-major offers. His brother, Matt, has an offer from Pitt, now an offer from Illinois, so maybe he's slowly building to that. But uh, if you got two scholarships to spare, land a couple of maybe twin big men? I don't know. Uh, there's some, seems You're to still be, in the early part of the research stage, Scott. Well, there seems to be some... There's Descent, some uh, whether they're <laughs> twins or brothers. Twins or just brothers. <laughs> I've seen them referred to as both. Like I don't want to say they're twins if they're not, because they're right. they would definitely be fraternal if they are, because they don't look identical. Five fifty-five. Need to take one final break. We'll do that now. Be back with some final words after this. About a minute before six here on WDWS. Champaign-Urbana wrapping things up on Monday Night Sports Talk. Matthew, what's uh, ahead in the pages of the News Gazette coming up this week? Yeah, we've got uh, some high school uh, coverage. Uh, Colin Likas, our preps coordinator, will be out at uh, Danville Country Club tomorrow for some uh, golf regional action, some more uh, high school basketball coverage as well on Sunday as we delve into another uh, area high school standout. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a different curve at some point this week and talk about what it's like to be a P teacher teaching remotely in high schools these days so that's a story you can only read in 2020 
This is 2020. Scott Ritchie will keep working on that basketball schedule to help us out. Yeah, and, get, uh, it, get it finalized, Scott. I need to know the dates and the times, preferably. <laughs> well, considering we still don't have times for any football games. Yeah, so let's get that first. Yeah. <laughs> Poor basketball. So, like, give me a break on basketball. <laughs> Bob, good to see you. Go Braves. Good luck, mighty guys. <laughs> Go Marlins. No, I'm kidding. Go Braves. I want Bob to be happy. We'll talk to you again next week right here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Fighting in Line Weekly comes up an hour from now. Have a good night, everybody.